everybody. Welcome to Smell My Whiskey Podcast. Uh, we made it to episode two. What do you know? And one week back to back. No problem. Uh, we're back at it. Uh, I'm Max. I'm the host. Unfortunately, still, no one wanted to step in and do it. Uh, so let's just go around the room. Uh, what have you been up to? What are you guys up to? Uh, Pat, you want to you wanna start? Uh, just surviving another Monday at work, trying to get through another week, get to Christmas, right? Three, three kids, every day's a, a blast. <laughs> it's a blessing, right? <laughs> it's a blessing. It, there is nothing better than having children. You get anything new this week? Anything to drink that's new or just rolling with the old stuff? Uh, nothing. No, we did grocery pickup last week, so nothing new in our house until those are all gone and we're picking at scraps. When you hit fast food up twice in a week, that's when you know it's time to get groceries and we're not there yet. There was so much sadness in that sentence you just said. <laughs> just underlying <laughs> sadness. I think the worst the worst fact is that Pat has to sneak his uh his whiskey orders into the 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 pickup order. It Hope never worked. Doesn't see it. <laughs> well, I I look for what I look for what's on the on the 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 sale list, and then I look for the coupons, and then I get the groceries, and I'm trying to get through all the groceries, and I'm looking, and I'm looking. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> Did you did did you take the whiskey off the groceries? Yes, I did. Oh no! I'm gonna have a salad. <laughs> a salad? I won't have whiskey off a salad. Trade, trade oh. one thing for another, I suppose. Right. Well, you're doom and gloom. It's fun. You got the kids. What are you gonna do, John? How are you doing? Oh, you know, doing good. Just cramming before this episode took off. That's for sure. There you go. Flew through some notes. Um, sipping on our whiskey of the week. And you want to spoil looking... it? Want to spoil it? No, no, no. We'll just keep it. We'll keep it secret for now. I guess Clint did spoil it last week. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the week ahead. It should be a good one. I believe we said episode two. John have kids. Can we get an update there? <laughs> still, still no kids. All right. So we'll see you next week. Stay tuned. <laughs> we'll get the yes in eight to ten weeks. The kid in nine months. Uh, all right, Clint. You're last on the list. How you doing this week? Uh, I'm about to eat my words from last week. Yeah, you had to early review it. Can't wait. Look at that. Don't worry. Is going to screw me over. <laughs> I've been dreading it ever since last night when I retasted. You were too quick on the draw. You said, yeah. I'll just mm, write this right away. Mm. And it was, I'd call it a missed shot. It's all right, because it's only the beginning of the game. No one really even notices you missed. Oh, training tutorials. That's right. Clint's got his training wheels on. We'll get there. (laughs) Everyone knows they don't listen to the first episode of a podcast. It's fine. Now they will, though. They got to go back and see where it all started. I don't know. I'm about to double nut those training wheels back on. (laughs) Did you say double nut? (laughs) Well, you gotta have you gotta have the nut and then the safety nut. There you go. This works in life. You got this works in multiple scenarios. All right. So, like John said, we've got this uh, horse soldier straight bourbon straight bourbon whiskey. Wow. Straight bourbon whiskey. Straight Straight bourbon whiskey. No one always said that. Got it in one. Okay, so do you want to do you want to uh, jump into our our uh, main topic, uh, which is more or less what is a bourbon? We're going to go over kind of uh, you know we're drinking a bourbon. We're going to talk about a bourbon, or do you want to do you want to kind of talk a little bit more about how we like to drink our whiskey? Guys, want to go to the hard stuff or the easy stuff? I mean, 
I mean, I'm just saying, you just introduced horse soldier bourbon. I think everyone's expecting the tasting. Oh, Clint wants to jump all the way. Like the way you introduced it. Clint, Clint wants to get crucified early so he so can you, just die on the cross the rest of the episode. He wants to get it over with. And, 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 then, and then we can go into the history, you know? This is where I'll look at our statistics and they'll say, okay, everyone listened for eight minutes and then stopped because we got to the fun part. And then <laughs> that was it. All right. Well, we can jump all the way down. We could. Yeah, we could do that. That's fine. We're already here. All right. Well, Clint, do you want to start us off with what you said last week, and then do you want to do you want to uh, you know you want to take it back, <laughs> or, or do we or do we want to say you know where does horse soldier come from? What's the story there? Do you want to talk about so, the history first before we uh, talk about the tasting notes? Before we light you up. So so I have a I have a little tale here, a little tale. Uh, it's got called one of Clint's bits. <laughs> Go ahead to Clint's bits. Clint, you have now gone through the whole doc and we've talked about nothing. <laughs> Guys, we're done for the week. I we hope you enjoyed it. Six. Oh, that's all, that's all topics. You know them all. Uh, we talked about nothing. That's our content. Clint, you gotta. We need to reel them in. Okay, let's 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 take a step back. Hey, everybody, take a step back with me. Pat, would you like to talk about what a bourbon is? All right, but there? no. I'm going Clint, to start. You're off. I'm going to start dead. off that. As- uh, I'm gonna wind it back. Mute him. <laughs> I'm gonna run the show like we wanted to run the show. <laughs> We're gonna go right from the beginning. Let's take it from the top. Pat, you're gonna have to listen to me talk now, son. It this is raw, raw footage right now. <laughs> We're doing it live. All right. Yeah, Clint's actually pre-recorded. That's the issue. <laughs> Everyone's live except him. He's phoning it in. Second week, couldn't handle it. <laughs> he was drinking, drinking and driving. Uh, fell off at the wheels. All right, Pat. You want to, let's let you lead off. We want to talk about bourbon. Let's talk about bourbon since we are drinking one this week. Yeah. So we figured since we're drinking bourbon tonight, you know, maybe since it's first first of any kind of style, maybe give a little history lesson first. I always think that stuff's kind of interesting. So kind of start off. What is bourbon? Simply put, bourbon's a type of whiskey made from primarily corn. You know, whiskeys kind of come from all sorts of different grains. But um, in the United States, in order for a whiskey to be legally called a bourbon, there's a couple different rules that are involved. I thought this stuff was real neat. I did a distillery tour at um, a distillery um, kind of south central Indiana, and they kind of walked you through this whole thing, but they spun it with like the whole, here's how the moonshiners did it. But kind of what you learn there is it's got to be 51% or more corn. It's got to be aged in new charred American oak barrels. Then you can get into the whole, um, how high does it have to get distilled? When can it get into the barrel? What does it have to get sold at? It's kind of boring for this, but do your own research. I will, if you're I will interested. note that uh, the horse soldier whiskey. I got the bottle right here. The, their their first line of their uh, little bio on the back is charred in new American oak barrels. So they they're tried and true right there. It's how you know it's real. When I was doing the homework too and kind of watching some other other stuff on other whiskeys, it's neat that, you know, the American stuff, bourbon, has to be in these new barrels. And then you'll find all sorts of other things that are using the old bourbon barrels. Like you find bourbon barrel beer, you'll find some scotches that are done in the bourbon barrels. But you'll you you cannot have bourbon done. So in you're, an old you're saying oak barrel. that a new oak barrel kinda, is exactly what that sounds like. It's a new barrel, it has not been used yet has not been used not even one shot 
What happens to the old barrels? I think they can sell them off to like other distilleries, kind of like some scotch distilleries, whiskey distilleries oh, will use them for their scotch. Cool. How you get that old barrel taste? That's how you pay it forward in the whiskey. I actually, world. I actually had a coffee from Starbucks that used um, Knob Creek barrels with part of the roasting process. So you almost had a little no whiskey Ooh. note from there. <laughs> Dude, I thought that was going to be a joke at first, and then you really spun it around on me. It's, it's still sitting in the cabinet. It was almost too much whiskey to to drink and coffee. You're kind of like, I just don't feel comfortable doing this. <laughs> trying to work at the same time. This is either fantastic at 8 a.m. or terrible. You're hurting. Uh, you know, you hear lots of other things when it comes to bourbon, like what's straight bourbon, what's Tennessee whiskey, things like that. Uh, Tennessee whiskey is more of a marketing term. It's style that you see in Tennessee. It's not necessarily a legal term like bourbon is. I feel like we're going to run into a lot of that. Don't they go through some? Don't they go yeah. through some charcoal filtering though afterward? Right, but it's I, not. It's not like a legal definition like bourbon is. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like wow. a proprietary. My take on it, and then other mm-hmm. companies probably follow suit and say, well, if they have a Tennessee whiskey, we'll just copy them and say we have a Tennessee whiskey. Right, right. Well, but it, you, you know, now that I think about it. Well, you have the Tennessee batch which says charcoal filtering. I wonder what the charring does inside of the barrel. I wonder if that's a filter too, because charcoal is like burnt crap, and then you got the char that's burnt crap, and like, I wonder what that does. Well, I know, I know the aging process of the barrel. That that charred oak's going to drive a whole different flavor profile. I kind of have set some thoughts on that if we want to move there, or if we can talk more history. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, if I had to guess, I mean, with your with your uh, your assumption on the charred barrel, I assume the charring is to open up the flavor of the barrel to allow it to kind of mix with the the bourbon that's in the barrel itself. Where charcoal filtering is going to be more, you have charcoal and you run it through it, and that that uh, that grittiness of the charcoal is going to pull out extra, you know, anything that's left behind. You're going to drop it through there, filter it out. So it's kind of two different processes. I I would uh, I'd imagine one's kind of infusing, where the other is actually removing particles it's not actually it's not yeah, particular it's not gonna nasty any, taste well hmm. it's not gonna remove a taste it's gonna change the taste but it's not gonna remove the taste that's part of the bourbon itself it's just gonna remove things in the bourbon that would add add or take away from the taste i mean that's what we think right it, this is gonna be have to be a, a more complicated topic on a later podcast i think it's definitely neat because i wonder the- i wonder i really do wonder what that charring actually does i mean because it's it's not like what you'd expect. Like you don't you don't drink bourbon and think scotch that it's smoky, like it's just ash or anything. It's different, right? So I, I kind of wonder what that does. I don't know. Random thoughts. There you go. That's what it's all about, though. That's how we we'll learn. That's how that's how you, the listener, can learn because we're just idiots trying to teach each other bullshit. <laughs> I can only Google so much, man. Yeah, we're learning it week to week as everyone listening is. That's the best part. You can you can always correct us. Smellmywhiskey at gmail.com. You can email us. You can tell us we're wrong. You can correct us. You can ask questions. Boom. You're in. Yeah, we'll, re- we'll read every single email. Don't worry. Just be nice about it. We don't need like harsh emails from people. You, you can be mean, but we'll be mean back. <laughs> that's... Yeah. I think that's yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I that's like right. that. <laughs> Clint, Clint will respond to every email. That's your punishment for the first week for <laughs> your tasting. So, is there anything else? What else do you want to jump into, Pat? I know we're at a we were at a breaking point or a, a kind of a branching path of what what we want to talk about. I can hit you with some fun facts. Yeah, let's do that. 
So bourbon, the bourbon industry is worth almost $8.5 billion, you know, annually. Um, I think one of my research said about 90% of that's coming from what's distilled and aged in Kentucky. That's a ton of money coming out of Kentucky. Kentucky's but got it. as I did more homework, just because the distilleries are in Kentucky doesn't mean they're actually owned by, you know, that, that people in Kentucky. Like a lot of the big brands that you know of owned by most of the megacorps. I think this falls back on the kind of the same Tennessee whiskey deal where you have the branding of Tennessee whiskey. Well, now you have the branding of it's made in Tennessee. It's made in, you know, a, a famous state for whiskey. So obviously you're going to build a plant there regardless of where you're from. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if these are partially owned by, you know, different countries. You've got all kinds of different kinds of stipulations where maybe I'm sure Chinese companies own distilleries in Tennessee to say we make a Tennessee American whiskey, but it's kind of just smoke and mirrors almost. Yeah, it's all optics. Without a doubt. Like you look at Maker's Mark, one of the original bourbon distilleries from like the 17, 1800s, they're owned by Beam Centauri, uh, which is owned by a Japanese company. So even though it's all in Kentucky, at the end of the day, it's tradition. It's Japan. Which I can't say takes away from anything. No, it's just it's just neat how the alcohol industry kind of is not what it looks like on the bottle. Oh, 100%. Yeah, the all the things that go above that that factory are outside that state, probably outside the country. But, I mean, it's all made there, which is still impressive. And it's still a lot of work, but it's definitely an optics thing. All right, what else? You got any more fun facts for us? Well, like I said, a lot of the early bourbon distilleries that you – know of that are still around today you know late 1700s early 1800s makers elijah craig jim beam you go to liquor store you're gonna see all these still sitting on the shelf you know different owners for some of them some are still the same family you know working in the factory that you know built it the first time need to see kind of that history there i think when it comes to bourbon i'm sure we'll see some of that if we go as we go to other whiskeys you know scotch i'm sure has a lot of history um, in Scotland, but then I think it's also be fun as we get into other, you know, more independent whiskeys here in those stories. Like it'll be good to talk about the Horse Soldier, since I don't think it's owned by any of these big ones. It's more of an independent distiller. Kind of see how they do things different, things like that. Is there a common like bourbon flavor, like amongst all bourbons, you can usually find like this flavor or this flavor in it? Yeah, and that's and that that's what I want to talk about next is it's really because of the way bourbon's got kind of the rules around it, right? Like you've got the fifty one percent corn, you got the new American oak charred oak barrels. Those new barrels are really going to drive a lot of like a vanilla or caramel, 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 however you want to pronounce it, type flavor, and, and kind of however long you're going to sit that bourbon in the barrels is going to either pull more of that out, or if you have a more younger whiskey you're going to see more of that cereal grain flavor, that corn or the wheat or the rye barley that's still in your mash bill. So depending on that age, you're going to get more of that barrel. But otherwise, because it's only 51% corn and the rest is whatever, you're, you're not going to find really a bourbon that's identical to another one after that. There'll be some commonalities, but it's not really going to be like this one and this one are the same. I'm drinking the same thing every time. Okay. So there's a lot, of, I think, flexibility or creativity that can go on when it comes to making bourbon. I will say before we move on too quickly from your last uh, your last comment about the uh, the distilleries being family owned, I actually find that pretty interesting, and I would like to explore that deeper with uh, 
kind of the idea of I feel like alcohol and and liquors in general, especially whiskeys, they're always like this long line of families. Like you see that with a lot of scotches, you see it with a lot of Tennessee whiskeys, you see that. I mean, with beer too, um, you see these long lineages that it's almost like an unprecedented thing that that whiskey does, and you don't see that in a lot of other places. You know, a lot of smaller companies end up trading hands being sold bought out but you, you definitely see with mm-hmm. whiskeys it being family owned and run for a long period of time and i wonder if that has to do with the time it takes to age these these barrels and and it's such a long process that maybe you kind of lock it in for a longer period of time yeah without getting too much into like a, a business podcast do you think all the capital tied up in whiskey i mean i don't right? i don't want to equivalent this I'm not making this analogy to make it equivalent, but I'm just kind of wondering if the reason for that is not just, I mean, it's, it's a recipe. That's true. Like your grandmother's cookies passed down. Like uh, it's kept secret for a reason. It's something special. Um, So I I just like, I'm not equivalent uh, making equivalent whiskey to cookies, but you know, I just kind of wonder if that has doesn't have something to do with it. Is it's more I, of like a recipe and and tradition and the secret and formula? How, yeah, yeah. Like how, you're saying, they found a the good recipe, things. and that's how they're going to make it because it works that way. Like yeah. the general rule of thumb is do it this way because this is what tastes good. Is that what you're saying, Clint? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Once you once you crack that that flavor profile that actually resonates with people. You know, you've got mm-hmm. your your Jim Beans, your Jack Daniels, you, your Maker's Mark. I mean, it's just staples and their flavors are, you know, they are what they are. And it's, why would you sell that when you have kind of the market on that flavor? You know, no one else is going to be able to create that ever. So, but it's definitely, sure. yeah, you got to tie a lot of capital up to get there. See, that 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 should be a new new series, though, now that I think about it. So you have kind of the big name whiskeys, right? Where you buy it and you expect it to be roughly the same. But then you have something like, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Jefferson's Ocean, but they uh, they send out casks on a ship to see seaward conditions. So they go on voyages. These whiskeys go in, in this barrel on voyages and each batch every year turns out slightly This one's different. salty, boy. That's awesome. This one's salty. I, I love that. This is going to be a $500 bottle. Jesus. So, but what I'm like, what I'm getting at is like you get into the smaller craft whiskeys or something that's more special and reserved, like noticing the change over time. Like, let's say if we take a whiskey that a special reserve whiskey of this year in the past two years and then kind of compare them. I think that would be interesting to see how the flavor drifts. A okay. Bit, so, you know? so Kentucky Jefferson's ocean, it's aged at sea. It takes older bourbon barrels and brings them around the world, stopping in five different continents and crossing the equator four times. And literally I could pick this up right now for 68 bucks. That doesn't seem too bad. That's a yeah. story right there. This is the craziest product idea of like, Drink this whiskey. It's been on a long boat ride. <laughs> I, I know, I know that sounds crazy, but that—that's I've I've had this bot one of the. Gosh, I wish I remembered the 
the number. I had one of the bottles before we did. I did a trip with my brother to South Carolina and we took a bottle along just as a special occasion kind of drink to drink on the beach and shit. And I, I really enjoyed it, but I thought about it and I'm like, you know, the conditions on that boat ride are probably different each voyage. And so I, I wonder if there wouldn't be a like a flavor drift, something now, like that. Now, what I'm ready for is that they are a very high tech company and they have like a simulation uh, a situation going on and they just put the, they put the <laughs> barrels in a big building and it simulates five different continents. Seawater. <laughs> They're just spraying seawater. No. They got windstorms, thunder. It's like, what is going on in there? It's like, we're aging some barrels. There yet. Also, My this probably should get out of Carolina was a simulation. <laughs> I'll throw this on the list. This is a cool one. This is a good one. This would this could be this could be a whole episode by yeah, itself, you know, beginning to end. Anyway, so let's easily. get back on topic. Uh very cool stuff. Uh Pat, you got any more you want to talk about? 51% corn, age new age. No, I think I think Clint Clint kind of covered that last bit I wanted to talk about was kind of the climate on how that impacts the aging process, you know, with Going around the world on a boat, it kind of covered what I wanted to kind of touch on was that the aging, cl- the the climate of like Kentucky, Tennessee for like a bourbon is very good because it's hot in the summer, evaporates in the barrel, pulling stuff into the wood. And then as it gets cold at night, cools back down, comes back out. So you kind of bring those flavors in and out, kind of like low tide, high tide. And I think as we, as we get into other whiskeys, I think Clint, you can probably speak to a little more on the scotch side, like an Isla scotch being close to the ocean, you get a little more of that salinity. I bet that Jefferson Ocean probably has very similar tasting notes as kind of that. And it's it's just neat to me that when I was doing all the homework, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, all the flavors coming from corn, grain, whatever the heck, inside the barrel. Didn't even think about how the outside conditions can even impact whiskey. I mean, I would imagine like – most outside conditions for most companies isn't the same, not out at sea, right? When you think they kind of all do that part the same? Well, I think you're looking at, you know, like you said, you have different heats and humidities. So you're looking at different, I guess, evaporation points. Because the more you evaporate, the more you're going to really soak in that, that or get to get that flavor from that barrel. I mean, the more you, you're able to turn this thing into, uh, I don't know, like a, a vapor, I guess. And really allow the the barrel to to absorb it. I think that's going to change it a lot. I mean, yeah, the the how the different facilities look is probably pretty close to the same. But I would say that the temperature and how it uh, how it affects the whiskey is probably going to be pretty great. I mean, you're going to pull out a lot more flavor from that casket when you can really get that evaporation. And then in a lot colder climate, you're not going to have that. So you're going to have less of an effect from that barrel. Mm-hmm. True. One of one of the articles I was reading was saying there was a warehouse. I forget what what distillery it was from, but they put their, some stuff, the stuff up on the top of the warehouse was aging quicker than the stuff at the bottom, just because it's much yeah, hotter that makes sense. Yeah, at the top. Even that, like, it's just neat to me that little things like that totally can change the profile of a whiskey. Hey guys, I had a brain fart. It wasn't South Carolina. <laughs> I went to Georgia. I, I, I Nobody else forgot. knows that. Except you, Tim. <laughs> Take the whiskey off the list. I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> Man, there's there's a lot of good ideas from that, though, that I'm already thinking of. Like, you could do 
I'd love to see uh, a list, or I'd rather rather do a tasting of you know five, six, seven different bourbons from Tennessee and just see their profiles and how they change. And then I did a quick uh, quick look. Bourbons made outside of Tennessee, Kentucky. You know, you've got Michigan, Iowa, New York, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Texas. So you've got a lot of different locations doing the same thing. But it would definitely be interesting to see if their flavor profiles remain, I guess, consistent with with the with you know the notes you get from a bourbon, or if they if it changes it up a lot. I, I would assume it still stays stays somewhat the same. But it'd be interesting to see how you know their climates could impact it. Like if you taste five different Texas whiskeys, if you get the same kind of one exactly. or two notes across all of them that you don't see. Exactly. Does it become kind of a unified thing? Like, oh, I can I can kind of tell the Texas climate in this one, you know, based on just how it how it ages in the cast. Or is it, you know, maybe it comes down to that 49% of everything else they do. Because, I mean, that feels like a, mm-hmm. a strong pull to really change it up. I think that's important, but I also wonder within the same mash bill. I mean... When I was talking about the Jefferson's Ocean, they probably have the same starting mash bill. The only difference being they ship it around the world on a boat. Yeah, and so like like Pat said, I think the 51% corn is kind of that starting mandatory mash bill that you're starting it's with. It's mandatory, but, but, but bourbons uh, can go higher than 51%. Can go ninety nine, baby. Just corn. This is Indiana. This is Indiana bourbon. It's a hundred percent corn. It's a little Indiana State Fair <laughs> snack right there. It? We actually deep fry your corn but in that, it, and then you drink it. It's called deep fried bourbon. <laughs> Too bad the State Fair was canceled this year. So, for everyone out there who doesn't know what mash bill is, what's the definition for it? Because we just kind of threw that term out there, and. Uh, I'm assuming not everyone would know what that is right away. So the mash bill is kind of like the raw ingredients. So like you have corn, grains, wheat, uh, malt, barley. You have rye. Uh, well, malt, barley is the same thing. You have rye. So it's it's different types of grains that go into the the fermentation process. And that... Uh, and, I mean that's about all I know. It's it's like your it's like your starting ingredients. You start there, you distill it, add sugar, make a bunch of alcohol, blah blah blah, and then the aging and the finishing and all those extra steps going into making it taste great. I think we could have a whole discussion on the distillation process. It's it's phenomenal. It's real interesting. And even that it's just not the same between different places. Like you find like pot stills and Irish whiskey where you just find more of a column still. I mean, you never know where this got, this will go guys. I mean, who knows? Maybe we might have a still when we're, (laughs) we started our own few years. I got that under my tarp in the back. (laughs) Don't fly a helicopter over my (laughs) moonshine alert. Should we move on to the real reason we're all here, including our listeners? Well, I think I think what Clint? we'll start off. Well, that's the reason we're yeah, all here. Yeah, the reason we're here. The uh, <laughs> I, think, I think before we jump into our first our first official review of a whiskey, which will be uh, probably our worst, but you know you never know. We can grow uh, or go down. I don't know. There's always a possibility. Uh, I think what I'd like to know is how do you guys drink your whiskey? So we all have our whiskey here. You guys like it cold? 
how, what kind of glass do you like to drink it in? So how, how are you predominantly going to be drinking your whiskey, at least when, you, when you're on the show, or do you drink it differently when you're not? Max, why don't you start? I, that's fine. Uh, so on the show, we've got these, uh, these nifty little, I guess, you, they're basically taste tester glasses. Uh, uh, Clint, what was the uh, uh, official term for these glasses? They're called Glencairn. Glencairn glasses. So I think the uh, the general idea is that they are the right amount of air inside to allow the smell to actually accent, uh, accent itself, and, and you can kind of get the whole profile from it. So, I mean, it's kind of like the equivalent of a wine-tasting glass. Um, so for the show, so I've been using it, these. It looks like a... It looks like a tulip. A tulip, a light bulb almost. And I mean, it's got a nice sized opening. Yeah. It has a nice little air pocket in it to uh, kind of allow those smells to to gestate, gestate and, and uh, you know, allow yourself to kind of take it all in. So that thicker bottom part actually holds all the ethanol smell, and that's what allows the aromas to come out the top of the glass. Hmm. So I think, I think we all picked these up for the show, like we said last episode, but I've been trying it out uh, while we're doing the show. Sorry, I like it. Overall, uh, I don't think I love this glass. Uh, it's a little too dainty for me, um, but I do like the effect of it. Uh, I did take a, a wine tasting class in college, and I kind of got the idea of how they, they, uh, you know, you kind of aerate it and and smell it. So I do appreciate what it's doing, um, and I do notice a difference from kind of just normal rocks glass. Uh, but when I drink it myself, it's definitely I like uh, I like something a little more, uh, usually like a crystal, very heavy base. But I mean, a standard standard rock glass, but I like very heavy base. Um, I have a few older glasses that are pretty light that I actually don't use anymore just because I'm not I'm not a fan. I, I do like the heft of it um, and the size. But but these have been nice for, for tasting. Um, that's generally, I like a room temperature. I don't chill my whiskey. Um, it's something I think we're going to look into and I'd like to try. But generally room temperature, um, if I mix it, maybe I'll put some... Uh, some stones in it, some cold stones, but I don't really like to add ice or anything like that. Uh, I know a lot of people cut with water, uh, but I have not kind of entered into that arena. Uh, so usually straight room temperature, uh, pretty standard. John, how do you like your whiskey? So I also did the Glen Cairn glass for this episode at least. Um, but I did have it in the freezer to begin with for my first glass. And cause I like a more chilled whiskey. The room temp whiskey has not really been a thing for me. Um, I always grew up, my dad always had his whiskey in the freezer, which I looked up, actually. It does dilute the, if you pull it right out of the freezer and pour it, it can dilute the, like, senses of the whiskey. So, like, the aromas, the taste, it'll be just, like, a little flattened. So, I've kind of switched that. I took all my whiskey out, and... I now just do the like chilled glass and I'll usually do rocks. I have these cool, like, I don't know, volcanic ice cubes from like Iceland or something I got from a gift from my brother. So I use those. So it doesn't really water down the whiskey or I'll do like a big ice ball. So it doesn't melt super quickly. But, um, yeah, I don't uh, room temp whiskey. Not for me. I definitely like a little chill. I'll tell you what I try. I try the ice balls, but it's always hard to maintain those in the freezer. It is. They're a pain in the ass to make. I know I, I use them. I forget to make them. It's you got to buy, you know what you got to do? You got to buy that. Uh, it's like a $15,000 LG refrigerator and it makes six ball cubes. The perfectly at, clear. At all, yeah. Mm-hmm. At all times it's got six in the, in the chambers. It's like, I'm thinking of $15,000 refrigerators in my future. 
That's the next thing. We're gonna have to go into creating the perfect ice cube. There's YouTube videos for that, man. You like put it in a cooler, you let it partially freeze, you get out your yep. big knife. You, gotta, you hit it, you break it, you take off the bad parts, you put it back in. I've seen so Not for much. ice. I don't got I don't got time for that. It's real good though. I've seen videos of, they've got they've got specific hammers and bags and they do this, this, and this. I'm going to McDonald's getting a cup full of ice if I need super crystal <laughs> clear ice. You heard of your first folks. Go to McDonald's for your ice. That's right. It's a smell my whiskey exclusive. What else you got, Pat? Um, so if I'm, I've been trying to use the Glencairn more for like the tasting part. Um, what I'll do is I'll rinse it out. So it's got a little bit of water still kind of drip, drip dropped in there just to help open up any flavors that might be in there. But I'm not forcefully adding any water if I'm doing a tasting. Um, as far as just like regular drinking whiskey, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Max. I kind of like the heavier glass. Um, but I'll still I'll still leave it plain. I won't put anything ice or anything in it. I actually, when I was at Thanksgiving, we had we were drinking me and my father-in-law, and he threw three ice cubes in mine. And after drinking it without any ice cubes for so long, I took the first drink of that one, and I'm like, this is this is this is very different, it, and it it threw me for a loop for a little bit. So I kind of I'm a room temperature team. My years of drinking at room temperature, I almost get offended when someone's like, do you want ice in your glass? I'm like, why, why would you do that? Like, I just, I've become so used to it. I, and I swear John has done this to me at least two, three times. Oh yeah. He's like, do you want ice in your glass? I'm like, what are you heathen? Every time, every time you're over now for whiskey, I said, do you want ice? But I mean, that's with everything. I can't stand when people put, I've like my in-laws do ice with wine. It's like, what what are we doing here? We're just ruining it. My dad gives gives me such a hard time whenever I go over there. He's like, I'm gonna put some ice cubes in my beer to keep it cool. I'm like, no. Dad, please. That is stop. destroying it. He almost jokes and does it at restaurants. I'm about to <laughs> throw up just thinking about it. <laughs> he stops at McDonald's, get his ice cubes, then he goes to the restaurant. No, he'll just say, I need I need to embarrass my son real quick. Can I get some ice <laughs> for my beer? <laughs> no. Oh, that's I will say I do mm -hmm. like one of those fat ice cubes in a cocktail. So if I'm making like an old fashioned, yeah. I just like that whole presentation with the big ice cube sitting in the heavy glass. The presentation is great. I still use the stones for a, for a mixed drink, but I do like the presentation of like a, especially in a really clear circular ice cube. It's a great look. It's just so hard to keep up. And then when they freeze that little flower in there at some of the fancy bars, oh, perfect. John, I don't have the kind of money you have, apparently. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I'm imagining John scenarios. He goes to the nicest restaurant. He goes, give me your cheapest whiskey. But I want all the... You better dress my like, drink up. I need a PBR and a shot of early time. <laughs> all right, Clint, how do you like your whiskey? Before, it was definitely a tumbler glass with the big block eyes. Uh, I am officially converted now that I got this nice little snifter glass. Uh, snifter equating to the Glencairn. Uh, it opened up a whole new thing. And now the library of whiskeys that I have tried, I want to retry. Just to see how it changed. Because I, I, I mean... Every whiskey you drink's an experience, a little bit. And I've had some really fond memories of some. And I just want to see them elevated even more fonder. So 
And I don't get me wrong. Part of that experience is also the personal experience that you have with friends and family and all that. I mean, realistically, I mean, that, that, that's what we're doing this for, right? We're finding experiences and relationships with people. And I would say the cheapest wine is always good when you're with friends and family, no matter what. It doesn't really like every year for, well, except this year, Thanksgiving at my in-laws, it's always crazy fun, but it's the cheapest beer, cheapest wine, cheapest everything, but it's a blast. I love cheap beer, baby. Sign me up. Every drink has its place in the world. There's no useless one out there, I feel like. Except for gin. That stuff can go in the toilet. Well, hold on. <laughs> gin and tonic. Come on. <laughs> Trash. God, Trash I love tier. a good gin and tonic. But we don't have to... We're getting too off course now. That's a one. Uh, no, this is this is fighting words. You must not like flowers in your ice balls. <laughs> if I wanted to drink flowers, I'd get one of your fancy ices. <laughs> Oh, is it time for Clint's bits? Oh, Clint, take it away. Clint, what you got for us? Yeah. You, you got a theme song for us? No. <laughs> Clint's bits. Oh. Now that is now the sound clip that will just forever be Clint's bits. Do we need to get like a clean cut of that? It's raw. <laughs> it'll sound it'll sound worse and worse as we go, and we sound better because we do better, but we'll still use the clip from episode two. I love it. So, this tale is about another alcohol, all right? Something I discovered and something that it is paired with beautifully, okay? So, you know, the holidays came around, Thanksgiving and stuff. So, I made a homemade chicken stock for my stuffing. Fantastic stuffing, by the way. Just, it wasn't as rich as what I wanted to be. And by rich, I mean fatty. <laughs> so I went to the butcher and bought chicken's feet. So I went ahead, threw my stock in a pot, and simmered down a bunch of chicken feet. Talons and all. Well, chicken talon stock is pretty terrible. It's Napoleon, it's Napoleon Dynamite over here. I thought Clint Spitz was supposed to be quick and terrible. <laughs> you you can edit this out and post. <laughs> Clint, you got to hit us with the raw, the terrible. Then I went to the gas station, got a hot dog, threw that baby in there. <laughs> uh, no, I'm getting to that. So I made this chicken stock. It was probably some of the best chicken stock I ever made. And I decided to make a beef short rib chili out of it. Well, that was also phenomenal, but that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is I actually had some mezcal with it. It cut through everything so beautifully. It was the perfect pairing. The chili with the mezcal, the vegetable, like the herbal notes of the mezcal cut through absolutely perfectly with the chili. I mean, it was a match made in heaven. Clint, I've, we've already learned your flavor profile, tasting notes, and everything is wrong. I don't, I can't even begin to believe you that anything tastes good. And yeah, that's my story. You got to start sending out samples if you want us to believe stories like that. Yeah, that's true. You got to, you got to work your way back up. Yeah, you can bring, bring some food to the live episode. That's your penance. Live episode, I'll cook for you guys, and then I'll show you what's what. So fuck up. Bring some chicken feed stock. All right, let's dive into this horse soldier. All right, so I think 
maybe Clint should be either Clint's either first or last. We got to decide. Well, let's give a let's give a let's give a quick background of the horse soldier because it's got a cool backstory to it. That's a cute Clint. Oh, that's me, right? So, horse soldier bourbon comes from American Freedom Distillery. All right. Now, the cool thing about these guys were they were all green berets and the uh, task force dagger mission. Uh, John Coco, Scott Neal, Mark Nitch, Bob Pennington, Rob Schaefer, and Tyler Garner were all part of the Operational Detachment Alpha 595, ODA 595. And they were a part of the Northern Alliance that successfully overthrew Mazar i Sharif, a Taliban stronghold. After the 9-11 attack, this happened weeks after the 9-11 attack. And I just thought this was a really neat backstory. These were all veterans, ex-Green Berets that served their country. And they come back looking for something, uh, a job, something to, uh, to do with their lives. And they decide to tackle whiskey. And I just thought this was such a cool backstory. And the funny thing was that when I got the bourbon for us to try, uh, I said I would pick out the first bourbon. I didn't have any idea of what this backstory was. What I did was I went to the liquor store. I saw this bottle and it looked awesome. I mean, it was just like the bottle was absolutely like perfect. And an interesting thing about the bottle actually is um, when they were packaging, uh, they found out that the steel that they bonded the bottle with was the same type of steel uh, in the World Trade Center uh, after the 9-11 attack. And they actually got a shipment from the New York City Port Authority they got a donation of some of that steel uh, from the World Trade Center to bottle and bond their their packaged whiskeys, and I just thought it was a really neat backstory. And I think they've got a couple others in the portfolio. Clinton, you mentioned that I think last week they've got a barrel proof, and then there's another one I can't remember what the what that one was. I was able to get it. I want to say it was 36 on sale. Uh, I think it was, nor- I want to say it was normally 42 where I went and they said it was marked down to 36. So I feel like it was a pretty good deal overall. I, I think it was pretty fair. It looks like they have their, uh, their premium, their signature and their reserve. So what we picked up as the premium. I didn't see. So when I, when I went to the, the store, I didn't see any other offerings. It was just the premium, which, which is probably their, their main seller. Yeah, I would imagine. What about you guys? What did you pick it up for? I know, I know. Uh, mine was forty three, like you said, the non the non sale price from Kroger. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So looking up real quick, it looks like the uh, the reserve has that uh, that steel, more steel color um, front front side of the bottle to it, the, the kind of the plaque on the front, while the premium has the copper color. So yeah, forty three. Okay. I know John picked up same place as me, so it's still a thirty six. What about you, uh, you Clint? Yeah, I, I picked it up. Uh, I think it was, I think it was forty three or forty six. 
I think I think more forty six actually where I got it. There you go, Clint got ripped off. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. I don't know about ripped off. <clears throat> all right, I mean, so let's... after all, I, I am drinking the last pour tonight. So. Let's. Uh, oh man, let's uh, let's fight about this whiskey. Let's talk about what we how we feel about it. So. Let's start with Clint first, because he needs to correct him. Well, last week we talked about the scale. We talked about how we're gonna we're gonna rate these guys. Uh, I will admit, through editing this, I we don't know what the hell we're talking about. One is a shot, nothing else. Two, you mix it. Three, passable or good value. Four, very nice. Five, you know, it's it's very good, or it's you know something you save up for. It's a special occasion, and then we've got the six which is our king of the hill, mm-hmm. top tier. These are our favorites of our favorites, regardless of. Do you know how short our episode last week would have been if we just said that? That wouldn't have been fun, though. <laughs> well, if we didn't have to change our mind eight times because of a certain I delete, somebody. I did delete the whole doc three times. So <laughs> Somebody wanted to do a four-point scale. Somebody wanted to do four death battle. Scale. <laughs> that somebody seems to be the same person. Somebody wanted to illustrate people whiskeys fighting each other and some weird side. I don't even know. It was all over the place. <laughs> okay, so with that in mind, with uh, our terrible scoring system in place, uh, I'm going to say we start with John. Oh, why me? Why the honor? I don't know. I just I'm looking at the screen. I'm seeing who we're talking to. I'm going to go with John. <laughs> and I'm, I'm the- going to call it out. Okay. Do you want a rating first, or should we just talk about like what we taste out of it? Taste. Okay. I think, yeah, I think let's start with the taste. We'll work through it. Then you can kind of give a recommendation, your your rating number, and then why you can kind of justify it. Or better yet, should we just all go through taste, and then like as a group, we do the rating like after we all talk about it? So that way That's it's all, they're like all together. Well, we'll go through our tasting okay. then. Let's, so let's I would say I definitely get like a caramely vanilla note. And that like little bit of spicy oak they describe in their description, but I definitely couldn't pick out anything else. Uh, is that on the finish or on the nose? Like, what do you what do you smell? I would say it's sweet on the nose, but spicy on the finish. And it's definitely like a sweet start when you take your first sip, and then you get that like spice kicking in afterwards. Yeah. So. Uh... I'll go ahead and go next, uh, Mr. Cinnamon Toast Crunch guy over here. <laughs> um, after revisiting this, uh, there have been mistakes have been made. <laughs> mistakes have been made. Goodness. So, what I'm getting on the nose, and this is with a little help of distiller notes, but. One of the nose components that they mention is sweet corn. And I found that actually really interesting because on the finish of the nose, like the back end of the nose, I'm like, huh, you know, that kind of actually makes sense. The other stuff, I, I, I think caramel vanilla, I mean, I don't even know what the difference between coffee and caramel is, but, you know, whatever. Well, uh, car- caramel has cream in it. Caramel has cream in it. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Toffee's okay. just, I think, butter and sugar. The more you know. Nerd alert. 
Don't send any corrections. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. You could send those corrections to Clint at gmail.com. <laughs> That's probably it. <laughs> I knew I should have threw a butterfinger up my nose before this podcast. What does that even mean? I don't want to know. <laughs> it's 2020. It can mean anything. I also love when he was describing the smell. All of us in this video are just like putting these glasses up to our nose. <laughs> I can't believe how wrong you were on Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. Like, you made me feel bad the first first episode because I sniffed it out of the bottle. And I'm like, yeah, it's whatever. It's all it's and, all in the uh, Glencairn glass. And then when I tried it on my own the other night, it's like there's there's no cinnamon. There's no Toast Crunch here at all. I think I, I think I immediately texted you and I went, there's nothing. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I sat my head down in shame after you texted me. I was like, oh, no. On the nose for me, I kind of, first, one of the first things I noticed, kind of like a butter bread, kind of like a bready smell. And then I got a little bit of like a, a varnish or a polish. And that might have just been the alcohol smell, but I definitely wrote that one down. Um, I, yeah, I could agree with the varnish polishing, but I think that is just like that strong alcohol kind of hitting you. I brought down fruit, but not like a citrus type of fruit. So maybe more of like a darker type fruit. And then a little bit of candy, candy on the nose. Um, as I move to the palate, um, my thing I wrote in big caps over here is big wood. You definitely get uh, that spice is kind of like that oak hit right at the back. But um, yeah, Big wood, yeah. The, I can't get away from it. That's all I taste every time I drink it. It's just big wood. Um, the finish, you get a little bit more wood, and it kind of lingers for a little bit. But um, I didn't really get too much vanilla on the palate. I definitely got the sweetness you mentioned, though, John, and the kind of the drinks. I get, I get the wood on the back, but the front of the palate is more candy-like, mm-hmm. like a like a Werther's almost. Yeah, and I can I can uh, touch on that. I, I feel like off the nose, I definitely I feel like this is a much more I would say airy when I breathe it in. I, I definitely I, it's probably that that lacquer or that ethanol t- that smell. It's definitely very apparent, I, and that might be because of the the aging process and that it's only the minimum of two years. Maybe it's much more ethanol uh, a smelling. Uh, I do get that sweetness uh, you guys talked about. Um, I do see, I do see where Clint can bridge the gap between we're getting to the spicy and then it kind of takes it to cinnamon. I don't get the full cinnamon, but I get the spice effect that he's going for. And I think he just wrongly was like, oh yeah, cinnamon toast crunch, but I definitely get the spice. And then as Pat said, that, that Woody, I, you definitely get it. And I think part of that is the, the vanilla, the vanilla taste in it. That's definitely pushing you to that that uh, woody taste. I, I definitely get a lot more spice for me and I get that all the way through. Um, and, and it's definitely a very, it's a very light spice for me. I, I, I like it. Uh, but I will say that <clears throat> I think the spice is a little too much overall. Um, but the, the taste is good. Um, I guess I don't want to go too far in my, my thoughts yet, but, um, I, I definitely get that that woody taste, and the more I talk about it, and the more I think about it, I keep going back to that woody taste. And you, that oak, you you hit it, you hit it so right in that. I think the more you think about it and you drink it, you're gonna be almost hooked on it. Like that's gonna overpower almost Agreed. everything. Yeah. Once you say it, it's like I definitely got that, and I was more fi- fixed fixed on the spice. But the, as I try it and I think about it, 
I think, wow, there is that woody taste. Yeah. Big wood. It's yeah, it's it's like one of those things, it's a mental game of once you see it, you're like, I can't unsee it. And you get it, but I definitely get much more of a spice on the on the back end, and then much more of a wood oak flavor on the kind of the mid front to mid end. And then I definitely get that sweet smell up front. And, and one of the biggest things to me is that that lightness that I feel, and I, I do think it's that ethanol, but it's it's definitely light overall for me. I hate you guys so much. <laughs> a couple other notes they mentioned was uh, honey, nutmeg, and custard, which none of us mentioned. Did anyone like? Could anyone convince themselves that they I got those? I could see nutmeg in the spice. I could say you could say nutmeg's one of your spices, not because you're not saying like spicy, like hot pepper, but more like baking spices. Yeah, definitely, I and I, that's where I get kind of the bridge to the cinnamon. So it might be the nutmeg in between that I'm actually getting, and the honey. I see the sweetness, but I don't know if I get the honey taste. But that might be part of kind of the branching between the sweetness and the oakiness. So maybe that's kind of the tie in there, and I'm just missing it overall um and what was our third one you have nutmeg honey the custard the custard, custard i don't see it cu- for me at least the custard yeah. the custard for me is what i think was bridging the gap at what i said at the beginning of the palette i thought was a werther's so you had the caramel the vanilla like it it's kind of in that same realm where it's very creamy up front and then I agree it finishes spicy, but I still get a little bit of cream up front. Like not it doesn't last it's long. smooth, like a it doesn't last long. Yeah. Uh, I can almost see that on the tongue. That. I can definitely see kind of that you mentioned the creaminess on the tongue. I can see that. I I don't know if I and it, it I guess I like a, a much heavier whiskey, so I it's hard not to full of lead. Yeah, not full of lead. So I, but I do, I do, I do think if you take a sip and let it sit and then kind of, you know, let it gestate, I definitely feel that creaminess on the tongue, but I can't, I can't say it's a flavor. I I, I don't have a flavor to tie it More to. It just, yeah, it's definitely a texture and I do like it a lot, but I don't get that flavoring. So we, we talk about the taste. Do you want to, do you want to, I guess, go into our super scientific rating system? The most official of all rating systems. I would say it's official, efficient, and perfect. Easy. There has never been a better rating system in the history of reviews. Between one hour ago and right now, there's (laughs) never been a better rating system. So do you want to go? All right, who's going first? Wait, should we all go at once and make this a microphone night? Yes. You know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to chop and... and, Don't you do it. (laughs) Don't you dare. Okay, so we'll do on three. Wait, 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 wait. Well, not three. Is it a six? No. No. I think, I think you guys, yeah, you should give a warning if you're going to be giving something a six. It's like, immediately six. pull it out. All right. Trump card. We'll do it. We'll do it on shoot then. So three, oh, wait, wait. Three, I have one. Oh, my God. I you're making one, it so difficult. I just thought of this. I thought of this. Okay. Did anyone try this with, like, a drop or two of water? Well, Pat had water in his glass. I thought about trying it with Coke, but I don't think it's what I'd want out of it. I think it'll be interesting to try. And I, I do appreciate you bringing that up because I think next time we do one, because I was trying to evaluate the whiskey as it is. Uh, and if I if I would have rated it lower, I probably would have tried some other things. But based on what I'm going to give it, I think I like it as what it is. But I do think that there's merit for in the future. If I say, I think this is like a two, I better try and mix it before I say it's a two. You know, I better I cut it with water. Go straight down to a one after that. Who knows? Yeah, maybe this does not work well with that 
scenario. And, you know, same thing to the viewers. If you have an idea of like, what do you mix it with? I, I usually just Coke. I mean, that's, that's most things. If I'm going to mix it, if I'm going to make a drink, obviously it's, it's all over the place, but if you're going to mix it, what are you going to mix it with? I know people do crazy stuff with all kinds of drinks, but generally for me, it's whiskey and Coke. Uh, I swear whiskey and Mountain Dew is a thing. Uh, that, that's why it's called Mountain Dew, baby. That's moonshine. Terrible. That's terrible. I had a uh, I had I a friend in school get super drunk on whiskey Mountain Dews at Chumley's. I have tried this before myself, and I was like, I've heard that this is a thing. I tried it. It was the worst thing I've ever drank in my life. I will never do it again. But I guess if someone says they want me to do it, I will try it again with something specific. If you can say Mountain Dew and this drink, try it. I will try it. But I I did not like the outcome when I did it. He came to class green. It was fantastic. <laughs> he came to class green. Oh, man. <laughs> So that's uh, funny. That reminds me of a story. Of no, no more stories. Dad. You already, you already wasted it. So now, what I will say that reminds me of a story no, of my dad at a county tournament. He got drunk on red stag, dark cherry and Mountain Dew. <laughs> that doesn't sound great at all. Yeah, it wasn't good. So I will say well, that not for him. Yes. If I was going to rate it lower, I would definitely try to cut it. I did not try and cut this with water or Coke because I liked the effect that it was kind of, or I guess effect. I, would, I like the presentation it was trying to give off, uh, which I would talk about later. But uh, I think that's a good point though, is that if we do rate it low, we mm -hmm. should make an attempt to cut it with water and or Coke. And I mean, even if we rate it like a three or a four, maybe still try it with water. I do think maybe we should have the episode about, do you cut it with water earlier than later? So we can kind of talk about the effect of it and if it's useful yeah. to bring yeah. out taste in a liquor. Uh, I think it's important, especially with if maybe a four becomes a five, which is, you know, a large step up or something, mm -hmm. but there's all kinds of variables. How much water is it actually worthwhile? Yeah. I did. I did like two little like drops that I could control in like that much whiskey. I'm ready for you all to come over and I prepare like 50 glasses and it's, one teaspoon, two teaspoons, this, 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 you know, all these things. And you guys do a taste test. I'm ready for that. I will provide all the liquor for that. That'll be fun. That'll be too I'm good. In. That'll be too good. Uh, so where do we uh, move so from here? Are we at the rating part now? I think, like, yeah. We... Okay. So, uh, so I like the idea of all just, let's just say it. Oh, so we're going <laughs> to our answer. And then we can kind of talk about it because I think I have to talk about mine. Uh, I think I have, I definitely have some thoughts about it, uh, oh, but I God. do like the shotgun answer. You're really so talking up your rating here. Nah, my rating is trash, so don't worry about it. Okay. My rating well, is worth less than all of yours, I'm sure. All right. I'm ready. Right. So we'll give it to you guys got to give it on shoot. All right. Three, two, one, shoot. Three, two, one, rating. Ready? All right. Three, two, one, three. 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 Wait, not All right, root. so it's not. <laughs> what I <you> said root. He <laughs> uh, can't even follow simple instructions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Clint Show. Uh, this is Clint and friends. <laughs> All right, Clint, what's your What's your number? So last week I. It's said a number. Something. It's a number. Give me a number. Three. Okay, you're, we're, we're all three, so I was not as controversial. I personally thought you would all rate it higher. Why is that? 
I was I was ready to come in and go. I'm not buying this again. You're ready to come in, I'm or still you're still coming ready? in. I'm not going to buy it again. Okay, that's fine. Well then, that's fine. So, uh, I'm, a, I'm ooh, the lowest that... of the threes. Yeah, I was going to say, is that even a three? So, yeah. So I am technically a lowest of the three, but there is a stipulation there. So I guess I, I'll I'll start off so we can just get it clear where I am. The so for me personally, I think this is too light. I think this is. Not enough body. I don't like the texture. And I, well, it's not that I don't like the texture. It's that I don't like it as a drinking whiskey texture wise. So last night I had a glass just to get prepped. I was like, I'll, I'll go through it. I already had a couple glasses, but I'll have one more. So I'm clear on what I like. Me and the wife, we sat down, watched a movie. I had my glass. I drank, I don't know, about half of it. And I literally was just not that interested in drinking. That's exactly where I'm at. I just, I definitely got bored with it. I it, it it hits you up front. It's 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 spicy. It's got the lightness. It's a fun drink. Like it's easy. To, it's easy down. The problem is, is, I got bored. I found it to not really tell a whole story. It was one flavor for me, and it just didn't grow on me. And literally, the conversation last night is, I poured a glass. It was a little. It was, it was a little more than normal because we're gonna watch a movie, hang out. The baby's sleeping. Everything's great. I drank half of it didn't touch it the rest of the night. And then as we're talking about going to bed, literally my wife is like, you have so much whiskey left. What's wrong? Like, are you going to shoot that? We're going to bed. What's going on? I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm going to finish it. Like I, I delayed going to bed to finish my drink, but more out of like, I'm not going to waste this drink. And I'm definitely not, this is definitely not something I would shoot. It's not, it's not that kind of drink, but it just did not tell enough of a story and it did not have enough of a body to keep me interested long enough. You know, you drink half a glass and I was already like, I'm, I'm kind of just done with this. I, now, to be honest, though, I already realized tonight I poured a second glass. So I had a decent size of these these Glencairn glasses. I drank it. I already refilled it because in a light mood and like a lot of talking, you want to stay like, you know, ready to respond. This is easy to drink and keep talking. So I do agree that it has its merits. And personally, I think this is an awesome drink to buy for someone that is not big on whiskey. That I would agree with, yeah. Or, and it's not deep on whiskey. So I think someone who thinks it's too harsh, like a lot of whiskeys, this is perfect. And that's why I gave it a three, because I think this is awesome to buy for someone else. But if you really like whiskey, I think this is too little for what you're going to really want. Although I will say that spicy oak component might be a little aggressive to a brand new newcomer but i think an easy fix is you add ice and you're done like it's fine yeah and yeah. i think the problem is is that it's just it's it's so one note it's that same it's i feel like a lot of whiskeys they have a lot of depth to them because of the body that they hold and they're they're great for you know sipping on because they're just like this deep experience that you can keep riding out with this though i feel like you hit that note right away splinters in your mouth it's good it's good, but it stays there. And it's like, it's the, it's the same taste all the way through, you know, beginning, middle, end is a little sweetness on the front end. There's a little bit of that caramel on the, uh, or, or creaminess on the back end, but overall it's the same profile and I don't feel like it evolves. So I feel like I'm stuck on that same profile the whole way through. And so I felt like I just got bored and I feel like that's what a lot of even experience. Cause I'm not an experienced whiskey drinker, but I feel like, just the few whiskeys I've had tell a much broader story than what this is doing. 
And I feel like this is great to start with. I feel like this is wonderful. If I was like, you feel like what I drink is too harsh, but you think, but you want to try new whiskeys. This is perfect. I think this is definitely gets in the door. You have a small glass of this. You're going to love it. Same thing though. You throw an ice cube in there. It is instantly like not aggressive at all. It's like, it's probably like, which sucks because it's probably like nothing, which almost takes away from all of it, but it definitely, it gets your foot in the door to want to try more. So I think this is an awesome thing to give as a gift to someone who wants to enter into that market or is younger and doesn't know what they want. And they think it's just too much. I think this is great for that. But personally, I think this is, it's too one trick pony for, you know, no pun intended. Hey, I didn't even, I didn't even know. I just feel like it, it's not bad. It is great, but it's, not for someone who is into whiskey at least it's how i feel it it'll probably resonate with most people yeah i would say because i'm not into whiskey like i've had a handful of whiskeys in my life and i've never taken the time to sit down and think of like the notes of all them but it's definitely it doesn't stand out amongst the crowd of even like the simple things i've tried like it's just yeah like everything you said is spot on i can't really add to it it's just it is what it is. It, it's good, but it's it's not impressionable. It's got the thing, you know, but I feel like the whole bottle is a lot to muster. If you took this to yeah. a party and, like, everyone had a drink, mm-hmm. it'd be great because it wouldn't be a lot. But the second you're drinking a whole bottle, I feel like it's just like, we've been here. I've right. done this. I'm yeah. kind of over this. I don't want to do this. That's exactly how I feel. Like, I'm not looking forward to having to finish this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will give you my address, what you no, have. It's gonna, it on over. So the one note I wrote down next to my three, I wrote, I don't love it, but I would like to try it in a cocktail. So I'd like to make like an old-fashioned with it, see how that kind of turns out. And then like your point, bring it to the party, bring it to family Christmas, dish out some cocktails, see how that turns out. So that that's actually something I, I did want to touch on and I will try and maybe catch up with us next week, is that I, I think that adding this to like something like a cola – is not going to work because it's so light. And I worry that you won't get a lot of the flavor. Like if you're just trying to drink a mixed drink to get drunk, sure, whatever, you're not going to taste it. I was going to say, maybe that's what people want, you know? I wouldn't spend $40 to drink a mixed drink to get drunk. No. Yeah. When it comes to 40, 42 to $46 for this boy, I, I would just say get something much cheaper. So I think in a Coke, it's probably a bad idea. I do want to try. I've got everything at I got everything I need to make a uh, an old fashioned, which I guess you I can do, do it next week. Right Save it. Um, I, we can intro with that. Yeah, I'll I'll, do, so, I'll give it a go over the week, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But I I, I wonder if the lightness is going to be, you know, too little for what you need, and that it's not going to carry. So that's what I'm worried about. It's just you know, you throw you throw an orange peel in here, you throw a cherry in here, and it's like all of a sudden it's like, where'd the whiskey taste go? You know, what happened to the bourbon flavor? But I, I want to give it a go because I do agree with John. I should have tried it. I think I should have tried it before, and that's just episode two issues. Uh, so I got to give these boys the gambit before we do this, This, you know. But as a, as a whiskey by itself, uh, I'm not super imp- – well, I'm impressed for someone that's going to try this – guy for the first time or as a new drinker but as someone who's had whiskey or is older and wants something with with more of so, a heft, i think it's going to be an issue like you said pat you're kind of just like Ugh, i gotta finish this boy but it'll be great it'll be great if you save it and take it to a party you know people are gonna love it i think it's gonna be a great 
I think it's a great opener for someone's like, I think I like whiskey. They're going to try this. They're going to, they're going to really like this. I think, especially off the nose smell. I think people are going to like this way more than they think. Yeah. I heard it smells like cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, did you, did you listen to that one podcast? Did we listen to the same show? <laughs> I've got a guy. For, I've got four guys for you. But I think uh, I think off the nose you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this so a lot. Maybe more, I didn't uh, hear right, but how many of you guys it. rated it a two? Nobody. It's all threes. It sounds like a whole bunch of twos here. It sounds like you guys all just want to mix it. No, I want to give it a go. I want to give it a fair shake. But I feel like as a whiskey, it's a fine drink. It's not for me personally, but I feel like for a newer trier of whiskey, it's gonna be great by itself. I think you've explained it pretty well max on your side but patrick uh sounded like a hard two to me no, i wouldn't mix it was... it's too expensive to mix well that that there you yeah. go that that's the problem is you said it's too expensive to mix but it's not too expensive for someone who wants to try whiskey and enjoy it because this is fun this is a fun drink i i won't i won't say it's not i think my wife hates this kind of stuff, and she wouldn't even like this. But I feel like it's, a, I feel like it's the kind of thing that if somebody said, "I want to get into whiskey," where do you start? And I need something. To, I or, want to start somewhere. I would say this for forty-two dollars or thirty-six. But for forty-two dollars, I would say you're actually going to like this. And if this is one of the first whiskeys you drink, you're going to get through the bottle and enjoy it, and it's going to be that kind of opening to want to try new things. But this is going to be something you will actually come back to because there's a lot of things you can buy, you'll drink, and you'll say, that was too harsh. I don't even want to drink this bottle. It was just too much for me. Or this, right. or this I feel like. This could be someone's norm. Exactly. Price. Someone, could, someone that doesn't actually like whiskey but wants to like whiskey could drink this all day and be like, yeah. I think I nailed it. This is perfect for me. So I think this is perfect right. for someone who wants to drink it straight. But I would not spend $42, $36, and then mix this with something. I would just buy, you know, like a whole handle of Jack Daniels and be like, yeah. I just throw this in Coke and call it a day. My Jack and Jingle, I'm done. <laughs> Jack and Jingle. Yeah. Okay, Clint, what are so, your thoughts? Um, yeah, so last week I mentioned there was – it was a four last week is what I said. And I'm going to explain that very clearly – in terms of experience. So when I when I thought it was a four, that's when I was smelling cinnamon toast crunch. Okay. The reason I put that in that category is because I thought it was something I would never forget in terms of what I associated that to. I've had a similar experience with uh it's called Dark Penance from Founders Brewing Company. It's a black IPA. And when I had that, the first thing that popped into my head was burnt toast. I think that means you're having a heart attack. So that, 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 <laughs> was, no, a stroke. Oh, a stroke. I'm sorry, <laughs> Do Dr. John. <laughs> no, so what, what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at is that was a very distinct memory. And I'll never forget the way that was. But so coming back to the whiskey now, the horse soldier, 
when I come back to it and my nose has been subsequently corrected, I don't get that that same association. So it's not it's no longer a four because I don't have that same association to a distinct flavor as what I had before. And that that's how I'll explain why I went from a four to a three. I, I think it's still good. I just I didn't have that that association that I had with the founders black penance because it was such a distinct flavor. I mean, I told I tell you, I took a sip of that thing and the first thing I thought right in my head was burnt toast. And that's what I thought I got on the nose on this. And then I revisited it the next day and it didn't return. And so that's that's kind of why I'm like, oh, something must have been off with my stiffener, you know? Yeah. You got the wrong one. It's got a it's got a, it's got a <laughs> two inch opening instead of a one and a half. Dang it. Clint's got one of them Voldemort noises for everyone who's listening. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They they're only there if you really, really squint. So what I think I think we can yeah, I think what we can uh we can surmise from this is uh a horse soldier straight bourbon whiskey is a solid three from us. Uh it's definitely passable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we can we can hone in that it's it's good. It's not a bad thing. Uh, it's definitely it's a starters. Star, starter it's whiskey. Um, it's enjoyable, but it, yeah. it definitely is like kind of a one trick. Um, but I think the backstory is the coolest. I, I would say the the backstory is the coolest part of this whole whiskey. I think you know the yeah. uh, the ex military, um, you know the way they've served, how they started, where they are. Uh, I, I think that's a way cooler thing than the whiskey itself, which is unfortunate, but it's pretty neat overall. I mean, I like the bottle. I do like the whiskey. I just wish it was a little heavier, um, but it is what it is. And I would definitely buy this for someone as a gift, 100%. I, I will probably, I <laughs> won't lie, I'll probably buy this again for someone that wants to start trying whiskey, but doesn't know where to start. This is a great thing. And this is a shout out to American Freedom Distillery uh, out of St. Petersburg, Florida area, Tampa area. Uh, definitely, uh, it's definitely interesting how the story came about, and uh, I was definitely glad to try it. And actually, I I kind of want to, you know, we talk about uh, some of the whiskey ideas. I mean, eventually we'll have to go up in terms of you know, flavor and age statements and quality. Eventually we might have to try some of their uh, reserve and their, some of their high. Yeah. I would be curious to see what their higher end lines are. I agree. I think just to see how that turns out. I think jumping into, to that kind of category of, I want to try all their whiskeys is a good, is, is a cool thing. I do think though, is, what is the reality of most people is that you're going to be able to find this, uh, this premium version everywhere or more or less everywhere. I mean, if I can find it to some random grocery store in, in Indiana, you could probably find this at your local grocery store or liquor store. So I would say that this is probably the one that everyone's going to pick up if they pick it up. Uh, but at the same time, I agree. I would love to try well, their other, their signature and their, what is it? Premier. 
uh, uh, reserve, reserve, sorry, premium reserve and signature. Um, I'd, I'd still like to try them, and I think there's merit to that. Uh, and maybe they offer a, a whole different range of flavor. Um, I wonder, though, because they are so new and this whole minimum two-age, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, two years of, of aging, it kind of makes me wonder if that's what adds to the lightness, the ethanol flavor. So, and maybe that I, I haven't looked, maybe they're, they're nicer, nicer, their higher, higher level of uh, qualities are aged longer. So that's definitely something to look into, but I, 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 I would say based off this bottle, I would try those bottles. This is good enough. And maybe that's what, you know, denotes the three is that I would definitely try those bottles based off this bottle for hope of something that I can relate to more, but this did not give me exactly what I wanted. And I will say if you're in the St. Petersburg or yeah, area for, um, well, whatever, their restaurant called the urban still house looks awesome. Oh, I didn't know they like, had are a, you guys seeing this? No, I didn't website? know they had a, they had a uh, restaurant. That's pretty cool. So yeah, go to their website, hit the taste room. It takes you to like their restaurant. This thing is like, outstanding oh, i do see that's, i go here just a, three the restaurants that's very nice. <laughs> Ultra modern. it is a cool vibe they have very going nice. there very nice but anyway yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely like to maybe i'll touch on based on that next week i will look into the co- i don't know the cost of the other uh uh tiers of their whiskey um and i might look around and see if i can pick them up but uh I'm gonna give this a. I'm gonna give this a mixed try before next week, and I'm gonna look that up and uh, maybe report back on that next week. What else do we have going on next week? So next week, what are we doing? That's a good question. Uh, we are working on a way to. Uh, what's what I want to say? Sync up what we're gonna try. Efficiently taste. Efficiently whiskey. taste it. Uh, we're working on a plan for that. So next week is gonna be bring your own whiskey. Uh, we're all gonna try something different. Uh, I assume, and this is a chance, or maybe something that's and, the same. Yeah, we next it. week I'm, tra- Wait, Wait, I'm trying. trying horse soldier whiskey. Horse soldier. We will be bringing our own whiskey, and we will uh, be working through a plan. So next week we'll have much more of a roadmap on what we're doing. Uh, and I think next week we will dis- we will go through uh, maybe a bigger topic. Um, do we? Yeah, for whiskey in for general, whiskey in general. Uh, not not for not us or the podcast, but just in whiskey in general. Um, Life advice: <laughs> We're gonna take care of all of you. Tell you, we're gonna we're gonna show you how you can make five thousand dollars a week with this one simple trick. <laughs> it's called Tesla options. Don't. This is not stock advice. Whatever the disclaimer. Oh, is Pat has disclaimers. Life uh, advice. Clint don't Spitz. listen to anything we say. There will not be any Clint bits after today. That segment is. We'll Cancel. see. Clint, Clint, you have next week to redeem yourself. That's fine. Uh, but yes, so stay tuned. We will probably tweet about it. You can follow us on Twitter at Smell My Whiskey or Instagram Smell My Whiskey. Uh, you can email us at smellmywhiskey at gmail.com. If you have any. Send us your questions, your comments, your corrections, your concerns. Anything. In fact, there's a shout out to Joshua St. Amonet. Uh, he's our first follower of the podcast. Uh, and then we also had a comment from What Fools Know. It's another podcast. So they get a free advertisement. They said we should try Four Rose Whiskey. All right. So I do already own that. But Sounds we will have great. to 
I will not try that next week though, because I think it is one I've heard good things. They've got a couple different recipes. If I think that's the, that's their thing. Yeah. What? Which one do they want? They want the small bag. The yellow. Uh, I gotta look at the bottle, which I said last week. Uh, it's in the room. That's a recurring theme. It, I think it lands about the same price as the horse soldier. It's like thir- I think I got it on sale for thirty-seven, and I think it's around forty normally. Um, but I've heard good things. I do think it's. I won't. I will not try it last next week because I think it's one we should all experience together. Because I've heard really good things about yeah. it. Uh, I did a quick look up online about it, and a lot of people talk about it. I didn't read about what they talk about, but I just saw that a lot of people comment about buying it. So I think it's one we should touch base on when we're all doing it. Where can people hear us? Uh, right now, uh, we are live on, well, I want to say everywhere podcasts are, but we are live on Anchor, uh, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. You can find us at Smell My Whiskey. Our RSS feeds and our Instagram, so if you like yeah, that. You can add your RSS feed to, to uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the good stuff. Uh, but it should go live on those within this week, so watch out for us on the uh, podcast apps. Uh, you can find me uh, at M-A-X-K-O-B-I, Max Kobe, on Twitter, Instagram, all the things. You don't need to don't follow, follow me. Pat, don't follow John. Don't follow don't me. Follow. Clint doesn't have social media. Everyone just go follow Max. That's all you need. Mostly follow, follow uh, Smell My Whiskey. Follow Smell My Whiskey. I don't tweet that much, but it's okay. Maybe I will if I get engagement. So You'll see some uh, retweeted yeah. giveaways, and that's about it. For me... Trying to win tech products, but also I will tweet about when our episodes are edited and done, and that's about it. There's not too much going on there. I probably will as we get in. If it's good, I will tweet more. Smell My Whiskey will retweet me. Every time. Uh, Other than that, yeah, you can hit us at smellmywhiskey at gmail.com with an E. All right, then we will catch you next week. We'll see you all later. Uh, Cheers, boys. Bye, Craig.